Welcome to the 50th episode of 20 or 20. Woo! Fireworks, explosions, yeah! Happy 50th episode, Weezy. Uh, happy 50th episode to you, Weezy. Thank you. What a great milestone. I'm super stoked to have helped push the podcast to this little milestone and also excited for all the things that we have planned for the next 50 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to all the artists and bands that have been featured on the show over the years with Mac and also the ones we've personally gotten to interview. 50 is definitely a big number. It's older than both Weezer and I combined. (laughs) We ought to celebrate our elders as one does. And what better way to do that than by having a really special guest here on the show. This release from this artist has been one of the favorites over here at Dominionated for the past few months. And this is none other than Juliana Riolino with her album All Blue, which was released on October 14th, 2022. Well, I personally am anything other than blue for this occasion, but we can make a special exception. And also special thank you to you, our listener, for being here through all these episodes. And as a gift to you, we're going to be playing the song You from off the album All Blue. And after that, we're going to jump right into the interview.
welcome, Juliana, to 20 or 20. Before we get started, for anyone who hasn't listened to the show before, uh, we have a list of 20 questions which we're going to ask Juliana, and she has about 20 minutes to answer them, whatever comes first. Does that sound okay to you? It sounds, it sounds great. I can't wait. Great. Okay, so I'm going to start my timer now, and then we will jump into our first question. There. Okay, so since it's the start of the year and sticking with it on brand 2023 type of year questions, uh, what's the first album that you listened to this year? And if that's too hard, I guess. But um, what's an album that you're really looking forward to coming out or being released in 2023? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, first, I, I listen to a lot of old music. Oh, yeah. It can definitely be like an old album, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, first album I listened to this year was actually, I think it was The Beatles. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't of... the first time I listened to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like. But I, I've, I've been listening to Rubber Soul a lot. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Beatles is also like always a timeless uh, and kind of sticking on theme with like timeless albums or I, I definitely feel like your work also has that kind of timeless feel to it too and so I was wondering is there anything that you think never grows old whether that's or something that you will always be around so for me I'd say like Converse or Vans always uh, kind of you know doesn't matter what decade it is they're always good uh, I would say well, in terms of like songwriting, I would say love songs never get old. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know if that's like a too generic of a thing. No, no, I will always be down to listen to a ballad of any kind or just like any love ballad or anything. Yeah. Uh, is there something TV or a movie or a show that you absolutely refuse to listen to or watch? A show I refuse to watch. Um, okay, and this might be controversial, but I tried watching that Severance show. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that either. <laughs> Roddy really liked it, and I just found it really depressing. So he's kind of bummed, but I'm always like, no, nah, I'm just not in the mood. Yeah. Uh, do you like, gravitate towards things that are more energetic or happy? I like classic films. I like comedies as well. I, I, I like a lot of um, like some of the TV shows. Like I like Danny McBride. I think he's really funny. Um, uh, John Goodman's in that show, Righteous Gemstone. So I really like that show. Yeah, yeah. And also there's this new show called Outer Range. Oh, I have not. With uh, Josh Brolin. That is really good. And I like that show a lot. Yeah. And I can't wait for the second season. Oh, is there something that like that really drew you to that show? It's kind of sci-fi, but like in a western way and the scenes like the, it, the it's scenically like beautiful yeah um and i like and i like i like the uh i like a like really good i need really good dialogue and i need oh, for sure and if something comes across as like artificial like if the actors aren't like bringing the script to life like i immediately can't yeah i can't do it like it can be like it can be like um you know like a, a not based in reality but like it needs that the acting needs to be believable for me or else i'm just like totally not like con yeah, yeah yeah um which is interesting because i think uh my sister and i were talking about this recently of how i find that with sci-fi books sometimes the reason i well i know it's a little bit different from like shows and things but the reason that sometimes i can't connect with sci-fi books 
uh, is because they, uh, it's almost as if it feels too cold or like it, I need the personal touch in it. I need it to feel like there's a good dialogue between like the actual people rather than the store than the whole world building I mean, it and can, stuff. It can be fictitious for me, but like it needs to be based in like, like relatable core core beliefs and feelings yeah you know? like believe and and empathize with, the with it yeah for sure kind of jumping off of that the whole idea of being blue uh kind of is often associated with sadness which i think is kind of funny because you said that you were you know gravitating away from that show because uh, it was a little bit depressing but what's your relationship with your own sadness or the way that you deal with it well my own sadness i mean whenever i feel sad i try to identify not identify specifically why but i have different coping mechanisms to like help me get out of a rut or to try to process my my sadness you know so i'll you know write a song or you know if, if i'm feeling overwhelmed i'll go walk outside in nature and try to like reconnect and recalibrate yeah so i just have different steps that i take in order but the first step is identifying it and i think a lot of people like have them have have feelings and are unable to identify why and so i have to like say i'm feeling sad or i'm feeling you know whatever yeah. and and then i go to a b and c and try to help with that and a lot of times it's songwriting a lot of times it's like painting or or doing some sort of like art project yeah something in nature oh for sure yeah those are three big ones has uh songwriting just been the main coping thing for you over the last few years or is there something that used to be helpful for you before it's always been i think it's always just been ingrained in me like i watched uh actually this would have been the an answer for whatever the movie or question before we just watched the new neil young documentary harvest time oh yeah and in that in that documentary it's kind of not really a documentary i mean it's like a it is and it isn't it's basically just a glimpse during that time when neil young was recording harvest yeah and they basically said like uh they mentioned the fact that he wrote eight songs in eight weeks so that's like a song a week or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh he kind of says like i don't really know where it comes from It just sort of happens. So when I heard that yesterday, I was like, wow, that's very relatable to like my process as well. Like, I don't really know how it happens or if I'm if I'm feeling sad, like maybe a song songwriting will be something that I do. But also sometimes even before then, I was just doing it. It would just kind of just kind of happens. You know, you're fiddling around with car, you're humming along and, you, you know, and it it just kind of pours out of so it's all kind of pour, poured out of me in a way that like I I have been trying to control ever since I was a young person. Is uh the process of songwriting different for you than painting? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, they're different like tactile uh exercises, right? Mm-hmm. So, but in the same sense like I don't I mean, I am trying to be better at like planning out things when in terms of art. And I think sometimes people songwrite where they like sit down and they say like, I'm going to write a song about this and I'm going to really plan and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I think they're the same in the sense that like when I sit down in front of a canvas or like a piece of paper, whether or not I'm writing words or, or 
drawing a picture I don't really know what's going to come out and it's about just kind of like figuring out a composition and making it balanced and making it visually satisfying for me to look at so it's a bit selfish (laughs) yeah but I guess songwriting is the same in that sense or like you're writing more for yourself. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I don't think about, I'm not, I don't sit down and say, I'm going to write a song. <laughs> you know, I, I just sort of sit down and it all just kind of comes out. And then you just try to make sense of it and piece it together in a way that sounds good to me. And then in the same way, when I'm painting or drawing, it looks good to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think if if you know the best way to be rooted in your or for your work to be rooted in something is for yourself because if it's for other people like it can kind of just shift all the time you know it always starts off as it's for yourself and then once it's out there you have to like that's just the process of art you do it and it's for yourself and then you kind of have to let it go and you give it to the uh, the public you know and then you just kind of have to relinquish possession of that thing you know Releasing uh, All Blue last year, was it difficult for you to relinquish your work? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I was very happy to have it be out in the world. I actually recorded it in 2020 Mm. and I had been hanging on to it for quite some time and I had written a lot of those songs before then as well. So I was just happy. And also when you sit with something for so long and you're so familiar with it, you start to toil and toil and you start thinking like, oh my gosh, is this good? Or is yeah. like, what does it even sound like anymore? So I'm very happy that I'm very happy to give it away. Yeah. To the world and to, for it to connect to other people and whatever way it's connecting to people. Yeah. I'm a big lyrics person and I love just like picking out wonderful things or little quotes that I uh, like for myself as well. And the specific line that jumped out to me was when you say, oh, in Hark, a farewell to arms just because like even behind me right now farewell to arms is behind me and i have not touched it and i've been meaning to read it in so long and so um is there a book or anything that you've been a piece of media could be a book or anything that you've been meaning to read or pick up for a long time that you haven't there are so many there are so many i'm i'm a. oh man i'm the same way mm-hmm. oh man what book uh, right now I'm trying to get through, okay, well, this is kind of ridiculous. I was on the road. I was trying to reread the Iliad. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> is insane to do. I mean, I did it when I, I read it when I was in university and like, I remember it being really hard, <laughs> it's a hard book to read. Yeah. Poetic, but it's very, very dense. And so it's a, it's a good one to like, kind of relax to and then fall asleep if you (laughs) yeah so um i've been trying to get through that so that's something i've been trying to get through and then also i've been i've been list i listen to a lot of audiobooks as well because i find that it's hard for me especially when we're on the road when we're driving so much to like read and be in a car i don't know about you like motion sickness and everything too i just love i love audiobooks a big audiobook person i've been i've been i've been listening to uh uh slouching towards bethlehem and i I that's by Joan Didion yeah, or Didion I don't oh. know <laughs> what's that one about it's a collection of short stories okay, that she's okay. written awesome and she's got some stuff about Joan Baez in there um different things that kind of happen in California uh like crimes and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. not like it's like I don't know it's just very it's uh very good writing and I like 
I like a book with short stories. I am a big short story person as well. My book club has not did not like the short story collection that we chose for them, but my sister and I. But I don't care. I will. Be. Which book? Which short story collection? Um, it was it was uh, sorry or please can you please be quiet by uh, it was this this man. What is he has a lot of. It says an R. I don't remember his the author's name right now, but I'll it's. Can you please be quiet? I'll look it up. I'm, I wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I'll, add, I'll add that to my list. <laughs> to the list of the never-ending list of things to read. Yeah. Um, and another line that I just wanted to that specifically jumped out to me as well uh, is right at the start with the title "If I Knew Then What I Know Now," and it's kind of a phrase that a lot of us use especially when we're evaluating our decisions uh, in context of our past experiences. Is there something that you're learning right now that has uh, been especially important to you or for you in the context of things that's happened in the past? Um, yeah, I'm learning to, I'm learning to uh, create more things uh, and in the sense of like be, I'm learning to be kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. and to like believe in myself more and not um, put roadblocks ahead of me before something's completed. Like I'm trying to see things through before I totally cast them away. I would okay. Say. That's a good one. Yeah. Patience and, and um, confidence and kind of, you know, believe more, more of a belief in, in myself. Yeah. Is confidence specifically something that you didn't have in the past? Or I don't know if didn't have is the right word. I would say that it's like, I I, I think that it, it's very easy to be your own worst enemy mm-hmm. and to be high, like critical. I think I have struggled with being overly critical with myself and trying to prevent myself from I get in my way. Like I, I'm trying to enjoy the process more. I think that what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to enjoy the process more yeah. so that I can get to where I need to go faster and in more enjoyable way. You yeah, know, yeah. I get, I do think like I get anxious and, you know, I, I think about, I let my mind wander into places that aren't great. Yeah. Which I think everyone has a tendency of doing, you know, I wish I could be like, I I don't mean this, but you know, there's some people out there in the world that are like, so, so vapid and so full. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you do it? You know, like, I don't want to be that person, but right. I do envy the fact that like, they can go out and you can do stupid things and be and okay. With, yeah. You know? I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. In like the most respectful way possible. How do you do it? How do you live with yourself like that? Well, just like I would say, I'm going to try not to get in my own way. And- yeah. Yeah. Especially since uh, one thing that I've really been appreciating or like grasping onto is just the idea that the majority of your life is the process. There's only like a few instances where the really big thing that you've been preparing for or working for does happen. Um, and if you can't enjoy the process, that's like 95% of your time that you're not enjoying. So, well, and that's also like a part of life, you know, and growth, you know, like that's the way you learn and grow. And, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving and changing. And I think it's important to, just let go and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Uh, we only have two minutes left, so I'm going to do my rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so what is, your shoe, what is your shoe size? Eight and a half. Oh, wow. Are you ticklish? Uh, yes. 
Um, what is a stereotype that you live up to? Um, that, oh, that I'm a, I guess I'm a, I'm Italian and I talk with my hands a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's a, that's, that is the stereotype. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, is there, did you have a nickname growing up slash is there a nickname that you still use now? Um, my dad called me Figs and everyone calls me Jules. And the last one is you're on vacation and you randomly see a friend that you haven't talked to in years. You have a good chat. Do you, are you the type of person to leave it at that or do you plan to meet them again? I, I will leave it at that, but if they were to contact me, then I, I would depend on the person. I, I would say, you know what? I'm going to say new year, new me. I oh. would, I would follow up and I would hang out. Nice. Okay. There. And that's, that's 20. Awesome. That was great. Thank you so much. That caps off our 50th episode. What are you going to do to celebrate with you? Well, I am, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to get some oatmeal and have that as my nice little 50th anniversary cake. <laughs> Your cake oatmeal? Sounds really good. How about you? I'm going to probably go play through the album All Blue and uh, go and maybe go through the archives of 20 or 20 and listen to all the other fun interviews that have happened over the past few years. And that is a wrap. We'll see you guys next week for our 51st episode. Wow, it's, it's finally, we finally passed 50. 51st. Yeah.